any of the candidates who are in the neighborhood and uh, just chat and just talk about what is on their mind, what they stand for, why they would like your vote and all of that. Not a debate, just a chat. And uh, I will tell you, we're in the private dining room here at the Blue Plate Diner, which is not so private. I mean, the door's wide open. It's right off the front door. So there's plenty of room and uh, opportunity for everybody. And uh, we have quite a crowd here. I do have to tell you, uh, we're uh, backed up about five deep <laughs> for candidates. So uh, it's a pleasure and it's great to have everybody here. So let's kick things right off. Uh, we're we're Newport centric in the early going, which is fine. We do have some statewide candidates who have said they were going to drop by a little later on, but we start right off here uh, with a couple of friends, Lynn Segley and Jean Marie Napolitano. And it's nice to see both of you. Uh, that's on. Just uh, you just speak right into it. Nice to see you. Good morning. Good to see you, Bruce. Good to welcome Good to morning. the Blue Plate. Good morning, Lynn. Nice to see you. And uh, we welcome you to our chat room. And is this the longest campaign in the history of campaigns? It certainly feels like it. It feels like it's gone from November of, of uh, sixteen. Yeah, I you mean, know, and it because there's so many changes, you know, uh, across the board. But um, actually, I think Newport has fared fairly well. I think so too. I would like. I try to be positive, and I think that Newport has done better. And it's I'm noticing how much more attention is being paid to Newport by even the rest of the state. Have you noticed that? Uh, yeah, I think they've they have paid attention to us in the past. Uh, we were very uh, fortunate to have Teresa Piva Weed representing us uh, prior to, um, and there were things that we were able to do with uh, Broadway, uh, yes, with Sheffield School. Um, there's just a lot going on, a lot that we have to um, really finish up and I think Newport is in good stead. Well I'm glad to hear that. Now uh, Jean Marie DiPolitano, Newport City Council, tell us where you fit into all this. Uh, you've been, been here for a long time I but you're have. I mean, I you, have. you have that you've seen it and you've got the vision. Uh, tell us about what what that is. Yeah you know for so long um, I had worked on revitalizing different areas of Newport because it's not only about uh, where I live, it's where you live. It's in the first ward, second ward, third ward. I don't believe that tourism is our number one goal. You know, we have families here, we have schools here, we have businesses here. So I'm very much into revitalizing different areas. We've done it with Broadway. We've done it with most of the schools uh, that we've taken on. And uh, we have an opportunity, and it's particularly over in the First Ward, uh, with the whole renovation of Newport Grand. I would, uh it, it's so interesting to hear you talk about that. Now, you're, when we talk about Newport and how the rest of the state is kind of paying attention to things, it is through tourism and through hospitality, but yet it's, it's important. You raise a great point. We have families and we live here and there are people who live here all year round. Absolutely. So it's a fine line that we walk, isn't it? Absolutely. I think one of the biggest um, issues that we have coming up, uh, at least in the future, is uh, the amount of Airbnbs, the speculation that's gone on in Newport, which has made it 
truly unaffordable for average families. And that's something that we're looking at with this innovation project, uh, getting new jobs, a new economy out there other than tourism. Tourism is great, Mm -hmm. and they contribute a tremendous amount to Newport. However, I don't believe it's the be-all, end-all. I think it's about our families and finding some diversity in uh, economic opportunities. I'm so glad you brought up the Airbnb issue because we've been following it and reporting on it quite extensively and using Boston as an example, kind of an example of of this could happen to us. Is the Airbnb issue and the fact that the speculators and investors are gobbling up so many rental properties, is that a bigger issue than perhaps is, is realized? I think it's a bigger issue than is being reported. Do you think it's a bigger issue now or will be a bigger issue two, five years down the road? I think it's a bigger issue now. Now is the time that we have the opportunity to um, take advantage of and, and, and really put some legislation in place. Uh, we have neighborhoods in, uh, in and around Newport that go dark in the winter, and that's not uh, what you consider a community with vitality, you know. So I'd like to see some... Uh, different uh, resolutions put in in regard to the Airbnb. We certainly have to get a handle on it. Otherwise, all of Newport will be unaffordable. Excellent, excellent point. So uh, there you are. Give us a website where how can we find out more about you in the next 24 hours? Well, you can go right to the city's website. They have um, uh, most of the counselors. I think all the counselors online. Um, My accomplishments have... uh, through the years, I think the biggest accomplishments um, would be Newport Heights and uh, Broadway, Washington Square. Uh, Lynn followed up on Broadway in the middle of the project when I became mayor and Mm -hmm. has done an excellent job. We're going to talk to Lynn Segley in just a minute. Uh, We were going to have the both of you together, but that's okay. This will work out great. Everybody is going to get, we're somewhere in the neighborhood of five to seven minutes. So we want to be fair to everybody and uh, don't want to keep everybody waiting. 1540 WADK and WADK.com. We're in the candidates chat room here at the Blue Plate Diner. We're here in the private dining room, uh, which is... uh, actually kind of semi-public, which is fine. Uh, And we're happy to be here. Great to be here with our friends. And uh, let's continue. Uh, Candidate for uh, City Council, in in City Council, as a matter of fact, Lynn Segley. Nice to see you. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to see you, too. Good morning. It's uh, good to have you with us. And you've been out there knocking on the doors and I have. I spent uh, yesterday five hours knocking on doors, and the days before that, you know, you spend an hour or two, and you, you really listen to what people have to say and, and to hear their concerns, and that's really important. Sure, sure. Any surprises from uh, any of the constituents in the kind of late going here? Any, anybody throw something at you that say, hey, you know what, you're the first person to bring that up? No. Good. That's <laughs> Actually, good. <laughs> there's a, a lot of talk about uh, taxes, um, and I think it follows with what Jean, you and Jean were talking about with the Airbnbs, and as houses become more expensive, our assessments go up, and then, of course, the taxes go up because of the assessments. So there, you know, there, there is a lot of concern about um, the, the tax rate, and there's also concern about Rogers High School and uh, you know, funding a new school. Uh, it's also be tricky. on a lot of people's minds. It is tricky. It is. What's the uh, um, what is the sentiment kind of in your neck of the woods 
about about the high school? Well, I think people really um, don't really know what they think, um, and uh, they're looking. That's a good answer. They're looking <laughs> I, th- I, I think that's absolutely right. <laughs> that's, that's the way I've been kind right. of and seeing it on my side. To me, to say, well, you know, clarify the issue for me, yes. and uh, and I think that I'm on the building, um, the Rogers Building Committee. <clears throat> so we've been working with a consultant, and we have a group of people from the school committee, um, residents, parents, you know, so um, and so that's been really good. And um, But we, a new high school is going to cost a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. And uh, we need help from the state for you know, reimbursements. And, um, and, you know, Newport is considered um, through the assessments of well-off community. Mm. But... Um, the our poverty rate in the schools is very high so where another community would get 90 percent reimbursement we would only get maybe you know tops 45 percent so somehow that's just not fair to to newport so uh we need to work on on equalizing that what it's so true are you getting asked where that ballot question for school funding uh, is going well, to affect this? Well, there's confusion on that, too, because of, yes. um, people think that that's really just for Newport, and it's not. It's a statewide... It's a statewide question. It's a statewide question, question one. and um, But it's important, I think, to vote for it, because Newport could benefit from it as well. And, um, and then there's a plan to bring in more money after that. So, you know, I, I think it's important because we need all the help we can get. Do you see? Uh, do you see, or do your constituents in the wards see, a new Rogers High School, or does the answer have to be the regionalization? Well, both of which are tough sells. Well, they are, and uh, I mean, I think it would only be fair for our legislators to look at a regional school and to to give some incentives toward that now you know it's always been that Middletown did not did not want to do that and you know um, and which is which is unfortunate because you know we've got great kids in the Newport public schools and it's sort of it's like we, we get fairly unfairly um, targeted with some mm-hmm. sort of reputation which yep. is, is not right and um, so uh, but I think that you know Newport needs a new high school Middletown is going to need a new high school and eventually so we have about 700 kids in each school so does it make sense to build two multi-million dollar schools it doesn't make sense to me so um is that a tougher sell in newport or middletown you think oh i think it's a tougher sell in middletown Hmm. i mean there's some people in newport still hang on to the the rogers legacy which i understand but i i think that we have to we have to think about the financial future of our of our city and if we're going to build a school that's going to cost multi-millions of dollars and that's going to affect our tax rate we we really need to look at some some sort of equalizer and i i I see that and it's something that i think our we, we need to look to the state for help on that. So uh, not, to, not to ask you to pick one, but I guess I am. In going door-to-door in your ward, Lynn Segley, are you finding that Rogers High School or the tax issue or the hospitality thing slash Airbnb, which of those is top of the mind for your constituents? Well, that's an interesting question because actually all of them are intersected. They they all come together in some way because they all affect taxes. So, um, you know, we're, we are lucky that we have um, our, our tourism, which really does help with our tax base. Um, so, but 
we also have these issues that are creating problems with our tax rate. So, um, you know, the Airbnb, I've gotten a lot of concerns about the Airbnb because it's a, it's a systemic problem because it causes the um, assessments to go up and, um, and then it, it prices people out of town. So then the other thing is they kind of, it, 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 you lose the cohesiveness of the, of the, of the neighborhoods as well. And then there are behavior issues and, you know, you know, some of the party houses. It's like we just don't want to become a party house city. There once you again. go. No question. Lynn Segley, Ward 2. Ward 2. All right. Uh, Thank you. Call to action. Website, uh, social yes, media, what um, would you like to say? SegleySecondWard.com. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. I'm but, with you. But I'm, I'm available. Thank you very much. Thank you so very much. Great to see you here in our uh, candidates' chat room. We are here at the Blue Plate Diner and uh, talking to our candidates here. And we have got a houseful here at in our candidates chat room here at the Blue Plate Diner. Well, uh, we're uh, going to speak next with the uh, candidate for councilor at large, Wick Rudd. Wick, nice to see you. Thanks, Bruce. Great to be here with you. Good, uh, good morning. So glad you could come today. And, you know, uh, I think we're, I think we may be on to something with this uh, school issue and the Airbnb issue as well. But let me start with you with the schools with something that, that Lynn just talked about and right. something that we've talked about on the show for many, many days. New, New Rogers High School, Regional High School, and so forth, and you have been out there saying, you know what, we're not getting any younger around here. Well, so how, right. does, how does that play into what happens with the new high school, and is that what you're hearing as, as you're going around meeting the folks? Well, I think, I, I mean, you know, out on the hustings, if you will, and yes. talking to people, um, there are, I mean, Newport is getting grayer. I mean, if you read the comprehensive land use plan, <clears throat> which a little plug for myself, I did co-author um, last, last year in 2017. It is a foundational document um, for Newport. And if you read the introduction to it, it basically says that the population of Newport is going to decline by 25% in the next 20 years, and we're going to be getting a lot older. Um, when I talk to people knocking on doors and elderly people, they feel the same way. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm 61 years old, so I'm in that cohort of, you know, um, if you will, um, people that are graying, um, although I'm actually already gray, so. Uh, <laughs> you, but, but it's still there, Bruce. When, when did you go, when did you start going gray? I, I, I started going gray when I was 14. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think it was shortly after I got married, yeah, actually. there so. you go, right? <laughs> With all due respect to my wife, well, my ex-wife. I'm looking at your son, Sam, over here, and I'm like, okay, I can't do, gee, I've only been married five years, uh, Wick, but, <laughs> but I'm with you. Um, but in, seriously, um, when, you, when I'm discussing this with, with elderly people, they feel the same way. They say that Newport is, is where are all the kids? And so if you don't have kids, you don't have vitality, and you don't have vibrancy in your town. Um, we all, <coughs> speaking to what uh, Lynn said, we all want to, you know, Rogers High School, we, you know, the glory days of the old football teams and, you know, some of the great sports teams. If you don't have that stuff, you know, you need things like that to root for. And this is the fabric of a city. It's fraying at the edges. That's what I see. And that's one of the major reasons that I'm running for city council. Um, I want to put my hand out and say, stop. You know, we need to do something about this. And I think there are things that we can do. And I think the older people in Newport support these things. Yeah. And I think generally... Despite what many people may think, I think generally speaking, they do support and understand that Rogers High School is derelict and something needs to be done about it. Um, you know, to Lynn's point, I'd really like to find out, 
you know, what the process is of, of understanding, you know, why we're, why, why we're viewed by the state as a high-income city and we can't get 90% reimbursement. That's something we should be talking to our legislators about and, and changing, quite well, frankly. Well, I think it's the, it's the issue of there are five Newports, nine Newports, seven Newports, three Newports. There are so, the, the city is on so many levels and in so many layers. Yeah, yeah. And how do you address that and how do you turn that into, well, okay, uh, where's our money from the state? Because right. we're not mansions. And right, right. Newport is a very diverse city. It's been remarkable to me <clears throat> walking around and talking to people and being in different neighborhoods. I've lived here for 35 years, as I think you may know. Um, I was erroneously cited as being a lifelong Newporter in Newport this week. Um, I had to correct the record on that immediately because everybody who knows Not me too knows. too much, though, because you know, that, that would have you as a, as a 35-year-old. Well, so. well, that's, well that's, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so there is a – I did write a letter to the editor that was in Newport this, uh, this week, this week, um, you know, correcting the record and saying, please, you know, everybody knows that I'm a carpetbagger, so, you know, <laughs> um, let's get that straight. Um, so um, – one of the most fascinating comments I heard on the, on the uh, campaign trail was an elderly lady who was in the school system, and she said to me, she said, and she raised a family here, she said, you know, she says Newport is a microcosm of a big city, um, like New York or Chicago or, you know, any big city. We have all the same diversity, all the same issues that these large cities have. Indeed, we are the city by the sea. And she says, you know, you should go and try to get some grant money, and maybe, you know, Newport could be a laboratory, you know, for, um, for, for, for what happens in big cities, and maybe we could do some things here. I'm not saying that that's, you know, something that, you know, I'm going to jump right on if yeah. I get elected, but it was an interesting comment. Sure. And just overall, I thought it was a fascinating thing, and I think it's probably pretty true. We're a very, very diverse city. Extremely you know? diverse, more so than I think a lot of people realize, uh, both in the city and upstate, uh, if you will. Let me ask the same question I asked to Lynn Segley. What is the top-of-the-mind issue that you're encountering as you go door-to-door? Yeah, I, I think, um, well, it, and again, um, to, to borrow from Lynn, but this has also been a campaign theme of mine, is that all of these things are intertwined. And so we need, we need more vision, okay, in terms of overall where we're going to take the city. Instead of being reactive, we need to be proactive as to where we're going. So that feeds into the strategic plan. So they're all intersecting and all intertwined, but it's the fact that we're, we're graying, there aren't as many kids, and it plays into the schools. It plays into property values. So we're being hit right now with a double whammy. So this Airbnb thing has gotten completely out of control um, in terms of way ahead of the city. And you know, we're, there, we've got a study going on with um, Jeff Brooks and the planning committee. I'm looking forward to hearing what they have to say. So you've got h- property prices are going up. So people that can afford to live here and with kids, they don't want to come here because the, the, of the perception of the schools. And I think it's unfair. I agree with Lynn on that. I think our school system is not what it's perceived to be. Um, my daughter graduated, did very well, and um, is at URI right now and, and doing fine. So um, I, I think that's unfair. But that is the perception. The schools aren't good and property values are too high. So families that do want to live here, um, they can't really afford to. And families that could afford to live here with kids don't want to. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I'm with you. I'm so. with you. Let me have a call to action. Yeah. What, uh, where would you like us to go to find out more about Wick Rutt? Oh, sure, of course. Um, go to my Facebook page. Um, what is it, Sam? Is it Win With Wick? Or, um, I'm not a big Facebook guy. I'm trying. Okay. I'm trying. 
Uh, it's Wick Rudford City Council. I Excellent. Think, yeah. All right. Fantastic. Great to uh, great to have you, and uh, so glad you could be with us today. Yeah, it's great. Thank you, Bruce. Plate. Great, great pleasure, Wick Rudford Councilor at large. Uh, so many more folks that you're going to hear from in the or you, State Senate District 12, Amy Very is with us. Nice to see you. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Nice to see you as well. Thank you so much for having me. Great, great pleasure. Glad you could come down. Tell us where the district is, District 12. So District 12 is all of Middletown, all of Little Compton, the southern half of Tiverton, and four streets in Newport and the K Street area. Oh my. Yes. So, <laughs> so you talk about diversity. Uh, you've got a lot of stuff going on here. Is Now Tiverton, Little Compton, is, that, is the casino overshadowing things in your um, district? Not, it's not overshadowing things. I know that there's a lot of support hoping that's going to bring some economic uh, prosperity to the town of Tiverton, which I hope it does um, in the short time it's been open. I know it has been somewhat busy. However, there has been um, some strain on the police department, which, you know, is a concern because you don't want them to take away from protecting and serving the rest of Tiverton. Um, so I guess time will tell, and like I said, I, I do hope that it, it does bring the uh, desired prosperity to the town because it definitely could use it. Yes, for sure, De definitely. So as you're making the rounds in the district and uh, thinking about uh, bringing, the, uh, bringing the word up to Providence and things, sometimes I get the impression that uh, we're a whole different place down here in your district, in Newport and Portsmouth, and even the difference between Tiverton and Little Compton and Portsmouth and Middletown and Newport. Are you finding that you've got to balance a lot of key issues? Um, well, I think it's important every town and every area of my uh, district does have different concerns, but one theme is universal and it's taxes. And our, our state is becoming too dependent on raising taxes to cover the cost of everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest concern. And, you know, every time you turn around, there's a new tax, a new fee, and it, it, it's getting out of control where people can't afford to live here anymore, which yes. is sad because as you were talking about earlier, you know, it's putting a strain on families, being able to afford to to stay here as well as the elderly. They can't afford to keep their homes because they're pricing us out of the market. Sure. Now, are, are people kind of escaping to places like Tiverton? Are you finding that? Um, not really. There are some new homes being built. Um, however, it's, you know, it's always been rural and it, it you know, probably will remain so. Um, so, it, you know, the property taxes are, are just climbing and climbing because it's difficult to run a town now. It's getting too expensive. Sure. And, I mean, everybody, everybody's issues are everybody's issues, and we, we have our own priorities and things, and yet we hear from Providence on a daily basis the drama that is going on in the General Assembly and all of that, and it's almost like a different world there. It is, and I, I think part of the problem, there are some very good people up there, but a lot of people have been up there for way too long, yes. and they forget who they're working for. They're working for us. They're working for their constituents, and you know that's why I think it's important that we have some new blood up there, some new ideas, because clearly the old ideas aren't working. You know, Raising taxes isn't going to draw businesses here. It's not going to keep people in the state. Um, so what will? Tell us about what will. Well, what I would like to do is to lower our tax rates below that of Connecticut, Massachusetts. I think that would, first and foremost, make us very competitive. Um, and we wouldn't have to just pick a few corporations and give them tax breaks at the expense of everyone else. Uh, if we lower taxes across the board, it will make people be able to afford here, to, uh, to live here. They'll 
be able to allow families to remain in their towns and cities sure. without having to worry about that. And it'll also bring about economic prosperity because people have more money in their pockets and therefore they can spend it in the economy. So you're thinking supply side? Yes. So we lower taxes, but somebody's still got to pay for all of this stuff. We got crumbling bridges and crumbling schools and crumbling everything else. But the influx of business and the overall the overall revenue stream will, will raise all the boats. Absolutely, and I think uh, another important thing that has to happen is that we need to have someone audit the general fund. We need an, an independent inspector general to come in and tell us where our money is going because money keeps going in the black hole that is the general fund, but nobody can say where it's going. And that's the big problem. Before we can make cuts and start pulling in the purse strings, we need to know where the money's going in the first place. Um, and anytime you hear people say, oh, we can't cut taxes because then we'll stop spending money on the, the most needy, well, that's, that's just silly. That's nonsense. There's definitely other areas of the government that could have fat trimmed. And why aren't we focusing on those instead of taking away from the, need, uh, the needy and those that need the money the most? So are you prepared very early on to get in there and take some steps to bring about an inspector general? What are you prepared to do? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I am prepared to hit the ground running and to, to push for that and advocate for that. I think there definitely needs some accountability up there. And, you know, I'm prepared for um, some people that are going to be obstructionist and not want that. But, you know, um, as an attorney, that's what I do uh, my job. Uh, I, I'm used to fighting and standing up for what's right. You know, I, I have no... Um, I guess, uh, funding from special interests or anything like that. I, I'm just there to do the right thing mm -hmm. and to fight for Rhode Islanders because it really doesn't feel like anyone's up there fighting for us. Amy Berry, State Senate, District 12. Where where are you on web, social media? Tell us where we can find you. Uh, my website is very, spelled V's and Victor, E-R-I, for F-O-R, Senate.com. So very for Senate.com. Thank Excellent. you so much for this opportunity. I appreciate it. We're glad to see you. Thanks very, very much. Thanks for coming today to our candidates chat room here in the Blue Play Diner. Back to, back to matters of Newport. And uh, our friend Justin McLaughlin is with us. Good morning. Good morning, Bruce. It's great to be back again. The last time we were together, we were talking about the Secret Garden Tour. And yes. That conversation, I think, helped uh, contribute to our great success in September. So thanks for having me on then. Well, we appreciate that. Maybe we can, maybe we can keep success going here <laughs> for, for all of these folks here. Everyone's a winner. So uh, here you are. Uh, you kind of were away for, uh, decided to take a step away, and now you're taking a step back. Tell us what's going on. Well, you know, I'm, uh, I've got the energy, and I've got the experience, and uh, I still have a lot to offer. So I want, I want to get back in there and help solve the problems that Newport faces. Sure. Tell us, where, tell us what issue one is, topic one. Well, actually, I think there are two main drivers that a lot of people talk about. Uh, one, obviously, taxes and the other schools. And they're very related because if you want to build new schools, you've got to be able to pay for it one way or the other. But uh, taxes isn't a simple thing. Uh, we do have one of the largest property valuations in the state of Rhode Island. So we've got a lot of capacity, but right now I'm not sure that we're balancing it out in a fair way across everybody. So <clears throat> there are two things that, and I'm not the only one that's been espousing them, but a homestead exemption, which would help to address the taxes on uh, middle-class families, but also tax stabilization, which could help to address the taxes on our our graying society. And I've been gray since I was 50, so <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I've been gray almost as long as Wick has lived in Newport. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start working to making sure I but ask everybody that question. <laughs> putting, uh, you know, we need to sit down and look at all of the options that are available to us, including tax stabilization and, and a homestead exemption. Uh, looking at the way people are using their houses to make money with Airbnb, but you know, if that's what they want to do, then maybe they should be taxed as businesses. So there are a number of things. I don't have a simple answer right now, but we need to look at all those things in a holistic way and come up with a good plan because I think we can uh, derive more revenue without necessarily changing sure. uh, you know, the, the, the foundational things, but make it more equitable for everybody involved. And we need that money to pay for the schools. It all comes back to that, even even with declining enrollment and the way things are today. Well, you know, the enrollment declined from 3,000, over 3,000 in 2000, to only 2,000 in 2010, but it's gone up 200 students in the last couple of years. Uh, and uh, we're not sure whether that will continue, but uh, while we we're looking at a supposed decline in overall population. The population in our schools are going up, and uh, that suggests there's something going on that we may not have a full understanding of, and I think we need to figure out where are those students coming from and uh, what's the likelihood they're going to be with us all the way through high school, because that means we're going to have to have more facilities. And they're looking at two things. The school, com school building committee that Lynn said she was on is looking at both Rogers replacement for Rogers, but also increasing the capacity for elementary. Uh, we, we're using a facility in Middletown right now, the Kennedy School, and that's only going to be available for another year, and uh, there are more students in Pell School than uh, we anticipated, and we need to address that uh, increase in enrollment there. So, so, that, both so of that's those an issue cost. there, because I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I can't imagine, even though I'm not in the district or anything, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, didn't we just build a new school? <laughs> what happened to that? Well, when, when we built that school, we were uh, controlled to a large extent by the Rhode Island Department of Education, who looked at our demographic figures at the time and said, we're only going to let you build to what your demo demographic numbers say you're going to need. Well, they were wrong, and so now we have more. But they were wrong in a way that we didn't anticipate, because I don't know anybody really knows where did these 200 kids come from. I know some of them came from Clooney, mm -hmm. and with the economy the way it is, some people came back to the public schools. Uh, roughly 20% of the students that might go to our schools don't go to our public schools, so there's still a lot of kids out there that might come back on any given day. Really interesting. You know, one thing that uh, that I'm hearing from all of uh, the Newport candidates we've talked to so far this morning, you know, we're hearing schools, we're hearing taxes, we're hearing pocketbook issues. We're hearing very little from the street side, the folks side, about all the innovations, the, the new hub and the new this and the uh, north end realignment and all of this stuff. Where's all that? <laughs> are, are, uh, are you getting asked as you knock on doors about that, or are people still saying, hey, here's my pocketbook, and there's less and less room in it? You know, I think to a large extent the, the voters look to the people they elect to deal with some of the more complex issues that they don't have the time on a day-to-day -day basis to stay informed about. Uh, you know, I'm going to make a plug here that uh, the campaigning process is very humbling. Uh, you go out and you talk to a lot of people, but you look at the voter rolls and you realize, even after 10 years on the council, there are thousands of people in Newport that I've never met. I can't believe that. And there are streets in Newport that I go down. I went down a street yesterday in the Fifth Ward. I don't think I've ever walked down that street before. Is that right? So uh, it's, it's humbling because 
we're being asked to make decisions for all of these people, and the reality is that many of them don't get to talk to us on a regular basis, and it's a, it's a big responsibility. So you ask about the innovation and things like that. There are a lot of people in town who aren't up to speed on those things. <clears throat> they're raising their children. They're, they're going to work every day, and they expect us to do that. So those are important issues. But the reality is the important issues that most people want to talk about are taxes, are the schools, are the streets and the roads, the parking, and these are the things that the council has to work together to fix <clears throat> on a regular basis because that's what the voters expect us to do. So interesting, and I uh, couldn't, couldn't agree more with the, the whole experience of campaigning, and uh, if the perception, and I think it's at our peril, that we get into this perception that the world is social media and that we don't talk to each other anymore and all of that, and, and I, I think it's definitely a dangerous way to go because as you're as you just pointed out it's where it's at and uh, there's there's nothing that there's nothing that could or should take its place absolutely getting out and talking to people when i was in the council i was accused of going to the opening of envelopes uh <laughs> it's but, not a bad thing but i was <clears throat> i was retired and you know i got involved in a lot of uh things and uh you get to meet a lot of people but you always have to remind yourself there are lots of people you haven't met yet, but you're representing them. And, and it's a big burden when you're, I mean, a big, big responsibility when you're sitting on the dais to realize you're making decisions for people that you may not have had to talk to. And, and what are their concerns? Always good to talk to you, Justin McLaughlin. Where I, can we get a hold of you? Well, check me out on Facebook. Uh, uh, just Justin McLaughlin, there I am. But, and the, la the last thing I want to leave is the most important thing that people can do tomorrow is to vote, you know. I hope you vote for me. I ask for people's vote. But the most important thing is get out and vote. <clears throat> it's the way our democracy works, and I, I hope you do that. You Bruce, bet. great to be here. Justin, thank you so very, very much. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to everyone this morning. All right, and we are here in the uh, Blue Play Diner in our candidates' chat room. It's the talk of the town, Bruce Newberry, and we are doing our civic thing here, putting you in front of the candidates, putting the candidates in front of you, literally. I mean, it's not a debate. You're welcome to come and watch, and we're happy to have you. Uh, but what we thought we would do very, very simply is just to have as many candidates as would like to come in and can spare the time today and spend some time with us, and we'll see what uh, what we can do here. Uh, James Dring is a candidate for Newport City Council Ward 1. Jim, nice to see you. Welcome. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Good to uh, good to have you. We're, we're going to start with you, but I only have about a minute until the top of the hour, so uh, we'll just uh, say howdy-do and, and uh, just exchange pleasantries, and then we'll pick up and get into our chat really right after the news at the top of the hour. But uh, your, uh, your hour... You you would be our councilman in the in the uh, in the in north the end ward, there yes. the first ward yep. yes so so we'll start by asking you the question that we get asked every time someone comes to visit us at WADK in our new studios at 23 Connell Highway at the foot of the Newport Bridge what's going to happen with the bridge <laughs> now I, I I don't expect you to answer in 20 seconds but that's what we'll start with on the other side well it's definitely going to change for sure you bet and we'll uh, talk more about that with Jim Dring candidate for Newport City Council Ward 1 as well as uh, Sandra Flowers our friend from the school committee and uh, many many more local and statewide candidates who will stop by and uh, visit with us here in the candidates chat room here at the Blue Plate Diner at 2 we've invited uh, office holders candidates 
and the like from both local and statewide offices. And uh, so great that so many people have taken us up on our invitation and, and more coming. So uh, with us here is uh, candidate for Newport City Council Ward 1, Jim Dring. Jim, nice to have you. How Thanks, are Bruce. You? Good to be here. Great, great pleasure. Welcome. And uh, you're, you're the guy in the North End, our man in the North End. I'm the guy in the North End. That's where all of these redevelopment projects are going to go on, are going to happen. So well, that's it. So you're you're one who uh, actually is uh, getting asked a lot about. Hey, what uh, what about all of this? Because it is a it, it is a top of the mind issue. It's the number one question when I've been knocking on doors. People are very concerned about it because a lot the realignment of the bridge. Some of them have traffic getting funneled into our neighborhoods, and that's a big concern to people. Yeah. Uh, what is uh, what are you telling the the constituents? What are you telling your voters as you're, as they're because they must be asking you, hey, we, uh, what do you know? What do you think? They're asking me what I think. Yeah. Well, first thing I tell them is, look, I was the, the chairman of the planning board for years. I have the background and the experience. I understand planning. Uh, I think I'm the right person at the right time. Because at the same time, you're going to have the acquisition of the navy properties. The city's going to take those properties over. This is all going to happen at the same time. Um, so what I say is I'm in favor of the proposal that is least disruptive for, to our neighborhoods. And, you know, when I've been to many, I think we've had three or four D Rhode Island DOT meetings that have come down and talked to us. Yes. And the one question that has been asked at almost every meeting that nobody answers, and I haven't heard an answer yet, is the DOT saying, well, we need to do this because it's dangerous for the traffic, the cars to be backed up on the bridge, uh, on the exit ramp that comes, you know, the downtown exit ramp. So we've asked, well, well what are the statistics? How many accidents? And I have not ha heard that answered yet. I can tell you, since uh, since August, none. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I, we look out the window every day. Well, maybe one. Yeah. But so, so what I tell people is I'd rather have the cars backed up on the Newport Bridge, the tourists backed up on the Newport Bridge, than backed up in our neighborhoods. And, and, and that, that's how I feel, and that's what I'm going to make sure does not happen as far as, you know, I don't want our neighborhoods to be disrupted. I don't want the traffic funneled into, into our neighborhoods and down our streets. Um, I'd rather have it, like I said, I'd rather have the tourists sitting up on the bridge waiting to come to Newport. Sure. So what we'll can the Newport City Council do, though? Well, I mean, it's a state project, but we, we need to be able to work with the Rhode Island DOT and our state legislators to make sure that this is done right. Um, we do not want to have another redevelopment like we had back in the 60s and 70s where they put a four-lane highway right through the middle of our downtown and cut it in two and yes. tore down scores of colonial properties. Yes. So I think the track record isn't that great. So we want to make sure that, you know, we're going to get one chance to do this right, and we need to make sure we get it right. Mm -hmm. So, again, is there, a, is there something that you would be prepared to do on your first day on the job at the Newport City Council to represent the folks in the ward uh, who are concerned about this? Can you bring... Can you bring the concerns to the DOT? What's the connection between the city council and the, and the DOT? Well, absolutely. Well, we need to establish one. We won't need to make sure. So there sure. isn't one. Th there really isn't one. I mean, we, we it is a state project, but, this, but the state is going to work with us. They are. And I would need to get a consensus on the, on the council and work with my fellow councilors to, together to make sure that, you know, we go to the DOT and say, this is, this is what we want. We need to figure this out. We need, we need to work together. Sure. And I think that would happen. Is, are, are they at the point, the RIDOT, are they at the point where they're leaning toward one of the proposals over the others? Are you getting a sense of that at all? No. I, I, what they're doing now is they're gathering information. Every meeting we went to, they ask, you know, anyone who's there, please email us what your concerns are, what your ideas are, and they're still in that process. Hmm. It, it's a pro it's going to take a couple years. Any idea of what there. the feedback is? Are, are they getting feedback? Well, getting, they, apparently they are getting a lot of feedback. I, I don't know exactly what, what it is. They yeah. haven't released that yet. 
But the one feedback that I'm getting is people are concerned. There's some people are actually scared. You know, if you live on a, a main street that's could, and your traffic could double, uh, that's a little bit of a concern. Right. But but I, the other thing with the redevelopment, it's really an opportunity too. Um, if if it's done right, it really can help alleviate a lot of traffic problems. Um, what I would like to see, and one of the one of the suggestions was uh, the road by U-Haul and the 7-Eleven that heads up to the rotary. Complete that. Mm-hmm. Have the traffic come off there. Go ahead. Go through the rotary, and then they're going to redo all of Coddington Highway. So that traffic could get funneled right out Coddington Highway to the West Main Road, and would bring it away from our neighborhood. So I think that's that's one of the plans I did see that I liked. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it. Uh, I. I didn't quite see which which plan is that. Do you remember? I don't remember the, the the number of it now. I've seen I, I've yeah. seen the there maps. There were so many of them. like six or seven of them. It's yeah. It's and, each, and each one had a subset as well. Very difficult to uh, to keep track of. So you mentioned that not only I mean everybody's concerned about the bridge realignment, but there's more to it than that. You mentioned the uh, acquisition of the Navy land. Exactly. Now the Navy land being what the Naval Hospital. Where the Naval Hospital is, yes. Mm. Yep. So um, how far how far up is that? Is that to the water? Right to the water. Yep, from Third Street right to the water. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'd like to see for that, I, I thought they did a great job on Wellington Avenue with King Park. Yes, I'd love to see something like that where there's a walkway along the along the water, probably a bike path going through there. Um, I think that's a great opportunity for the North End. Um, but the other thing I, I hear a lot about too is is Rogers High School. I know you you, you talked to that with other other candidates. Yes, people are concerned about Rogers, and people are concerned about Pell. I believe Justin had mentioned. Um, you know, it's already over capacity. We've run out yeah. of room, so we need to find a place to put the kids um, that are, you know, because of the overcrowding at Pell. Ironically, it, it appears as though the the vision to build the schools is the same vision that they use to build the highways, which is not which is not promising for the bridge realignment because they yeah. designed all the highways and and the highways are all over capacity now. Yeah. They said, oh, we'll have you know maybe a hundred thousand cars in twenty or thirty years, and we've got five times that that amount exactly uh, so th- that's not encouraging but yeah. well it's <laughs> to difficult point. to predict how many kids you're going to have it really is when i graduated from rogers there were 350 kids that graduated with me i believe the number now is is in the low hundreds yeah um so who knew that was going to happen and, and hopefully it turns around but at the same time you know we're trying to bring back i think like wicked med bring back kids fa- kids and families to newport you know reestablish the vitality of newport mm. so you ha- kind of have to be careful because then if you get too many kids in school, where, where are you going to put them? And that's the problem that we have well, right now. I mean, that's a... It, and I do have three kids in the system, by the way. There you go. And and quality of education has to has to enter into that, yep. doesn't it? Yep. And well, I have to say, I, I have a third grader at Pell Elementary School. I have two, two daughters that are also at uh, Thompson, the fifth and the eighth grade. And my kids and my family have had a great experience with the public schools. They really have. My kids leave, leave in the morning and they have a smile on their face. And when they come home, they're smiling too. Sure. They really enjoy school. And there's so many great programs. Uh, last year, my daughter did, uh, she was in the fourth grade and she did Sail Newport. Yes. And she learned how to sail. Wonderful. It was a great opportunity. My, my daughter, my older daughter in the eighth grade has been going to squash. They, they, they practice at St. George's and they also do their homework there. And the, the kids mentor them, the, the, the uh, St. George's kids. And my other daughter, they just started doing this year with uh, the Tennis Hall of Fame. They go up there after school twice a week. And they go on Saturday as well. She's not as crazy about going on Saturday. Right. But, um, but it's a great program. So there's a lot of good things going on in the public schools. There really are. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the uh, public schools. I was just at the, uh, the uh, Career and Technical Center uh, just a week, ago, a week ago last week. And it's really impressive, the quality of the programming that's coming out of there. And we've had so many people on to talk about uh, 
things going on at Thompson, STEAM projects and STEM projects, and you mentioned Sale Newport, and it's, uh, it, it's all positive. Is it a perception issue? I think it's a perception and issue, and, especially and, with, with the issues And I'm talking values. to city council. I'm going to talk to yeah. a candidate for school committee and our uh, friend from the school committee for a long time, Sandra Flowers. So you know, maybe that's a question for her, but yeah. is it a perception problem? I think it is, and I think what's happening with Rogers is kind of overshadowing everything right now. It really is. You know, Rogers definitely needs to be replaced. Um, I'm on the, the subcommittee, the building, new building committee. Um, but, you know, we're looking five to seven years out, so it's not something that's going to happen fast. Yeah. Um, what uh, what are you hearing? Let me go back to uh, one of the earlier questions I asked. New Rogers or regional? I think we need to regionalize. It, it makes no sense. It's a tough sell. No sense to have, you know, I'll spend a hundred and something million dollars and, and Middletown spend a hundred and something million dollars. I think there needs Very to be Very difficult to sell that, and, and we know why. Yep. I think we need to have an incentive from the state to, to, to make it happen. Um, you know, we, we had one meeting, I remember, and, and they were talking about, well, Someone stood up and said, well, what will we do about the mascot? Will we call a Vikings or we call it an Islander? I mean, it really, I, I, I started laughing. I'm like, I can't believe a serious That's issue it? like this. And we're talking about, it's is it going to be the Islanders or the Vikings? Come on. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, like, it, it's like youth hockey and everything else. It's not the kids, it's the parents. Yeah. It was the same thing, in, same thing in Warwick when they wanted to close Warwick Vets. The kids are like, okay, we'll go to school anywhere. And the parents are like, oh, no, you can't close the school. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's, it's absurd. It's well, absurd. Well, well, Bruce, uh, if I could just mention real quick, one thing that, that I've been talking about everywhere I go is we need to have a homestead exemption for Newport homeowners. Um, it's been done in other areas of the state and other cities and towns, and it's about time that we do it here in Newport. All right. Uh, give us your uh, particulars there, uh, Jim. How can we reach out to you, a website, social media, whatever yep. you'd like go to on, give us. Go on Facebook to uh, elect Jim Dring. Spell your name. Dring, uh, D-R-I-N-G. Excellent. And, Bruce, I still have uh, – I haven't gone gray yet. I know you guys are talking It's the big that. question of the day. The question of the day will be in two years. Ask me then. The gray question <laughs> of the day. <laughs> Great to talk to you. Thanks, Thanks so very, very much, Jim Dring. Newport City Council Ward 1 candidate here in our candidate's chat room here at the Blue Plate Diner. And today it is our candidate's chat room. We are uh, out here at the Blue Plate Diner with uh, friends from from town and friends from other towns. And we're talking about really issue number one which is get out there tomorrow and vote and who are you voting for and uh, what do they stand for well we thought we would just have everybody come in here today and and talk about it sandra flowers newport school committee person for for a, a little while quite a little while first of all thanks for the opportunity not at all nice to see you giving all of us a chance to speak um, I'm finishing up my fifth term, so this is my tenth year. We only have two-year terms, but I'm looking to looking forward to a sixth term. Yes, on the Newport School Committee. And and before that, you taught. How long did you teach? Thirty years. I had. I was uh, an active teacher in the classroom, mostly fifth grade. Yeah. Yes. And right. I did uh, also uh, part time at Salve Regina too. Did you? Yeah. Did you? So. Everybody that we've talked to, I think every candidate that we've talked to, and you're our first school committee person, mm -hmm. everybody else has been talking about the schools. I know that. I have notes of <laughs> what everyone said. <laughs> so, I mean, it is really just, just uh, issue number one yeah, to exactly. a lot, a lot of people. Exactly. 
in the schools we're talking about all three schools actually uh, the fourth one is the um, pre-k center out of Kennedy in Middletown yes and uh, that is temporary as was mentioned earlier the our opportunity to be there will be up in another year and one of the issues that I'm really concerned about is the establishment of an early childhood center we really need that um, Ideally, this would have been at the Pell School. The Pell School footprint, uh, we learned all these terms on this, the footprint was pretty much established the way it is now if we wanted the state funding. Uh, we got even more than the basic state funding because of all the uh, different areas, the green construction and so forth. But we had to go, we had to follow what the state said, otherwise our bill would have been considerably higher. Uh, I think now, uh, the, the, when we say the state, we mean the Rhode Island Department of Education. Yeah. And they realize now, yeah, we're going to have to do some kind of an expansion somewhere. It's amazing. That school was just opened, what, two, uh, three, four years ago? Several years ago, and as one of our committee members had said, you build it, they'll come. Now, people are saying the demographic um, projections were, and even by one of our committee members, was that in a few years we're going to have hardly anyone in town except some of us <clears throat> more mature folks. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you the gray question. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, and, and by the way, I've been here for my entire life. Excellent. Born now, and raised. There you right. go. All right. Exactly. You're the real deal, Sandra yeah, Flowers. The real deal, exactly. Now, this whole, the, the demographic business, you're talking about early childhood, you're talking about mm -hmm. pre-K, we're talking about an overcrowded elementary school. This would seem to fly in the face of what we what they said before yeah uh, and we have a a burgeoning number of English language learners a very large Hispanic population and we do get youngsters um, who's will have a parent at the uh, um, foreign officer school you know over at the base well, so that, we have, that was what I, I yeah, was we have ask. them yeah from all over yeah exactly is, yeah I guess that's the that's the key we were talking a little bit earlier about how diverse a, a city Newport Very really much. is Very so much. when we have this influx of young families that we seem to have mm -hmm. yep. are they military are they hospitality related are they are they children of people who are working in hospitality can we put our finger all on where the they're above. coming from it is all, all of, the, of above. the above exactly and sometimes some of the families are you know, really a pretty good size. So we get a number of youngsters. Um, unfortunately, there are some who did not have the educational opportunities in their native countries. Sure. So we have, we have some multiple issues to deal with. Mm -hmm. This is the thing. There is no typical student in Newport. I think Newport is quite unique. And um, happily, our city council members have been wonderful in working with us, with the school committee, and our superintendent, of course, really knows how to um, really work with the city manager and the finance department, all of that, that sort of a thing. And that's a very important point, too. So the collaboration has been a 180-degree difference from what I remember. I've been out of teaching now for 23 years. And uh, what a difference it has been. I mean, there is really a collaboration. They, they, they want us to succeed. And it's not us versus them. It really shouldn't be. 
Oh, that's an important point right there. Mm -hmm. Another important point is to realize that we have approximately, I'm going to say like almost 65% of our students um, qualify for free and reduced lunch. So we know that's poverty level. It really is. Um, we've we've talked so more. often. Yeah, probably more because the uh, young people at the high school, um, that's where you have less of a... Uh, willingness to sign up for the free and reduced lunch. So 65%, what, yes. does that, what does that translate into in numbers? What's the student? I would have to give, I would have to look at the Democrat, yeah. the, the uh, report that we get. Yeah, yeah. But it's quite, I mean, that's a, a lot. That, that's it. Some of them, of course, are whole families. Sure. I mean, obviously, you know. That's like when we look at the uh, trying to reduce the um, chronic absenteeism rate. Uh, again, it might be families. For many, many issues, it's, it's not a, a cut-and-dried situation. Uh, schools have their own, and I'm using the word correctly, their own peculiar issues. Yes. Pecu particular. Particular to schools. Yes. Management, finance, everything else. And then on the other side of that, mm -hmm. the, the role of the school today has evolved and morphed into this whole social service Network agency type of a thing. Exactly, we have to and because be all we because we demanded people. it. Yes, yeah. all things to all, all people. things to all people. Is From just breakfast exploding. to dinner to just about oh, everything yeah. else. Oh, exactly. I mean, you have the universal breakfast program, uh, the lunch programs. They have after-school programs, which pretty much fund themselves. Mm. Where the youngsters get homework, help, activities, some really wonderful activities, and, and a snack. And then there is even a dinner program, and sometimes for the student athletes, too. Yeah. Because for, for some youngsters, that is the schools are the stabilizing influences for them. That's an important point here. I mean, just, just so many issues that we could cover here. It's really. so true. And again, and we've talked about this so often, it's there's nothing here that you and I have talked about that that we did not ask for, the taxpayer did not ask for no. in some way. No. Uh, so it just happened. It just, it just happened. has happened. And it's been, and I think... And it's a burden to... Yeah. It, it is a burden in many, many parts of the of the process the teacher now is a social worker the mm -hmm. teacher has to take on so many roles mm -hmm. and education almost becomes secondary if, if not well more so than that yeah uh, the academics the but academics everything we do it, it, it's educating it really is the social emotional health of these these young people is that's the most important i mean i'm looking at two areas here they they have to know how to read on grade level by grade three. I'm on one of those subcommittees. We're, we're on a, we have a ton of subcommittees in the school department, the school committee. How is that going? It's really, really progressing. Yeah. We've gotten national um, recognition for what we're doing in the summer programs and in the efforts during the school year, and mm -hmm. there is an improvement. Is it where we want it to be? No, of course not. And you keep raising the bar and raising the bar. And even when I was teaching, people say, well, how do you get some of these kids to do what you're doing? I said, because I teach to here, and what I'm doing, I'm raising my hand way higher. Sure. I teach to that, you know, and if the, some kids had, were struggling, yeah, but you can do it. And if they see their, their colleagues, their peers, uh, really, really trying, 
that's what's going to be. And that's why I have so many success stories from the years I was teaching. Sure. But, but again, it's that grade level reading by grade three where they go from learning to read to reading to learn. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, the idea of the social-emotional health. And without one or the other, it's a, it's a major struggle. So what you've just done also, Sandra, in, in listening to you, is you've really given us such a great picture of your experience mm -hmm. and, and how experience in a situation like this means so much. But there are some new people on the school committee as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. And I think the, the interesting part, when you look at the people on our, on our committee and <clears throat> what I've seen, you know, in the past number of years, um, we each bring our own strengths, our own expertise. More than once, I because they videotape the regular meetings, and I'll point to the camera and say, "I'm speaking from experience." <laughs> <laughs> and I think people get tired of hearing it, but it, it is the truth. I mean, but my experience again is elementary, mm -hmm. elementary level, uh, up to and including fifth. I was I was certified for all the grades, but that's where I worked. And again. I still, I have to learn, and that's why I attend all of these meetings, uh, be besides our regular ones, of course, um, like what is the new curriculum in the middle school, the middle school concept versus the old junior high. Yes. It's really different. In the high school, I mean, my only high school experience teaching was CCD class, you know, <laughs> confirmation kids. But still, you know, you kind of learn sure. some of their their little. So with some of these, so with some of these newer members of the council, uh, the uh, school committee, yeah. rather, uh, how do you get your experience, and and how do you take what you know and your depth of experience mm -hmm. and work it into some of these new ideas that some of these new members might have? What I I make every effort to do is to be an active listener. I have to listen to what some of the, the parents who are on, I never had children of my own, but I have to listen to the concerns that those who are sitting there have with their kiddies who are in school. Sure. And even those who have gone beyond, and I might say, I never knew that happened, let's tell me about it. And if there is a concern, I speak to the superintendent. I've under two superintendents now, and I say, this is what I hear. Now tell me the all sides. We always say we look at both sides of an issue. No, 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 sometimes there are four or five. Mm -hmm. And that's the important point there, too. And it's, it's just, oh, there's so much. We could go on for three hours <laughs> on this. We really could. You know. Glad to talk to you. Give us a, a way to... Find uh, out more about you and where you are. Well, I don't have a website. I have a Facebook page, too. Okay. I have my own. I have, I think it's, I don't know, it's Alexandra J. Flowers. Some, something like that. Something One like of those that. Things. Just put my name in and put Newport, Rhode Island, and it'll pop up. It'll or up. you can email me at sjflowersphd at yahoo.com. Excellent. Okay. Thank you so Thank much. You Always so good much. to talk to you. And we'll have you in for one of those three-hour chats, all right? Fine. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so very, very much. It's our candidates chat room we're in the blue plate diner and we're live here on 1540 wadk and wadk.com we're in our candidates chat room here at the blue plate diner and uh, great to welcome to the blue plate diner candidate for portsmouth city council larry fitzmorris welcome nice to see you 
Thank you, Bruce. Good morning. Pleased to join you. Well, I'm so happy that you uh, have joined us today because we have been uh, very, very Newport-centric this morning. So we're we're happy to uh, hear about uh, the the great town of Portsmouth. So, uh, what is what are some of the key issues that you're finding as you make your rounds and kind of wrap things up here? Well, I've been president of the Portsmouth Concerned Citizens for a long time, and we we look at the the uh, cost of government a lot and so that's where we focus and that's where my campaign is also focused uh, this year in Portsmouth the property taxes went up at the maximum level under the tax cap law that the state has uh, in place and that is basically you can't raise taxes above four percent now yeah. that's a calculation against the total levy but uh, we went up at three point nine five percent roughly about 20,000 just short of the maximum. If you go over that level, then you need six of our seven uh, council members to vote to approve it. So it's an obvious barrier, and so we go right up against it. It's very unusual for a town government to do that. We've never seen that before in an election year. They're usually Portsmouth councils are very sensitive about doing that because of the voter backlash. This year, however, they decided to give it a try. And that's my principal issue. I'm running it with a promise that we're going to control the taxes a little more effectively. Instead of, instead of managing the budget to the maximum cap level, we're going to management, we should manage it to a specified amount that we, spe uh, that we identify in a council vote that says, okay, they can't go up more than 2%, for instance. Sure. What does that do to town services, though? Well, town services, <clears throat> we're expanding uh, the budget, we're expanding employees, and town services are actually static. So um, I'm sure that people in town government would, would find a, a dispute with that, but no basic uh, town government services are provided with a growing government in our experience. Yeah. Uh, it's It's got to be difficult, though. I mean, your Portsmouth has uh, undergone tremendous growth over the past, well, just forever and ever. Cause, uh, yeah. Well, we, we keep building, but the population doesn't change. Is that so right? So there's an odd dichotomy there. But I think what's going on is that, you know, over the last three uh, federal censuses, which are obviously coming up on one in 2020. Yes. Um, our population doesn't grow at all, hmm. and and yet we still issue more housing permits to build new houses, and we occasionally build some new businesses as well. But you have to calculate that, and our school population keeps falling. So, like like many other communities in the state, we're not unusual in that regard to schools. But the but the problem is that we must be having more people who have residences that they don't actually occupy as their principal residence. So you're getting Airbnb'd up there? Uh, we have that problem as well, along with the uh, Newport in Middletown. Yeah, we talked a lot about that with the Newport yeah. candidates this morning. And, and we, in the PCC, uh, pushed forward a proposal to start to govern that business. And it's a problem, but um, we're, we do have that as now, a problem. Where where are people uh Airbnb being from I mean Portsmouth is a wonderful place but it's not Newport it's not it's not tourist driven so where are these short-term rental people coming from well we try to divide the B&B &B business into two parts mm. 
The first is those that are occupied by the owner. Um, in other words, the owner is lending out his rooms or her rooms for small numbers of people to come in and they, sure. and they do that sort of business. Mm -hmm. We don't think we should have any regulation of that particular thing, and the new ordinance does not cover that. The other one is, the other type is a commercial activity. Gotcha. You know what? You and I have, are having such a great chat. I want you to hang around for a couple more minutes here because sure. I'm going to be uh, running up against a hard break here in about 20 seconds. So uh, why don't we uh, continue our chat here with Larry Fitzmorris, candidate for uh, Portsmouth Town Council. We're talking about what is going on in Portsmouth and uh, what can be uh, done to improve the quality of life in, in what's already a pretty life quality type town and we'll continue here in the candidates chat room at the blue plate diner hello again bruce newberry we talk about what you care about and uh topic one today one two three and four is tomorrow because we're going to be voting tomorrow and so let's uh get you informed and let us get you all up to speed so in that interest we are doing our candidates chat room we did this uh, on election day of 2016 and it uh, was very very worthwhile so we brought it back and man we are just uh, wall to wall with great folks who have a lot to say and we are having some great conversations here uh, just for the top of the hour we were speaking with larry fitzmorris candidate for portsmouth town council and uh larry uh, you and i still had some stuff to talk about and so um thanks for hanging in here with us at the blue plate diner pleased to join you great great pleasure so you know, we talk about Portsmouth, and Portsmouth is a wonderful town, one of our hometowns, and uh, we say, well, you know, hey, life is life is pretty good in Portsmouth, but <laughs> no place is without its issues. That's true. And a big, big issue appears to be this um, uh, snapping up of properties and people uh, getting into the rental business, the short-term rental business, and it is more of a factor even in Portsmouth than perhaps was realized. I believe it is. When we started looking at this issue in the Portsmouth Concerned Citizens, because we had one of our members come to us and say it was a problem, um, the more we looked at it, the bigger problem it, it seemed. And when the council started to deal with an ordinance, proposed ordinance, um, some of these people who were operating these, these organizations um, showed up, and they were proud of what they were doing, and they started saying what they were doing. And even at that late date, I was surprised about the extent to which uh, the B&B process is underway in Portsmouth. Wow. It really was a surprise. Uh, it's an amazing thing where people are renting rooms or places uh, on Airbnb and other, other Internet-type services, and they're renting in Portsmouth thinking that they're getting, um, thinking they're getting Newport? Um, that's an interesting question I can't answer. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I don't I'm know fascinated why. by this. You know, we were surprised by the fact that somebody would come to Portsmouth and, and, uh, and rent a room in Portsmouth. But it, but it was a, and, in, and remains a widespread uh, event. But um, it is a surprise. We don't know the motivation of those people, but we know for certain they're coming. Yeah. Well, it is, uh, it, it's really an interesting thing. I've had a theory about this for a while that this is the real story of the economy, that you know, there's money around and all of that, but everybody's got a side hustle. And there are so many people who are 
who are doing this. And so in a community like Portsmouth, it really starts to have an impact on the overall economy in town. It does. And I think our nature of who lives there and why is changing. And as I said, I think previously, we've had a change, I think, in the the nature of people who live there. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing more and more people who who have homes that don't actually occupy them. They're not residents. They're just summer homes or whatever they are. This, of course, lends to this B&B business as well. Right. But it is changing. And and our town has more houses but fewer students. And the B&B business kind of occupies that space. Yeah. So in terms of the town council, what can be done? Well, the council has passed a preliminary ordinance. It will take a look at this periodically as it needs to to correct it. Um, Nobody, I think, was entirely satisfied with what what we were doing. And because we're trying to restrict some people's ability to do things, which is not what government really should be doing, um, it should provide the environment to thrive. In this case, we were saying, no, we're going to limit your activities. So we tried to keep that away from private individuals renting private rooms. So they're not covered by the ordinance. But the rest of it is going to have to be adjusted as the town discovers how it is working and, and, and whether this process continues where we have some disruptions in town, but the, you know, the number of people renting in, in a particular place, and in some cases it was up to 20 rooms or 20 occupants, and you know they were using buses and stuff like That's this. Crazy. And it was all going on in residential territory. Yeah, give us a call to action here. Website, social media. How can we find out more about Larry Fitzmorris for town council? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I think it's a little late to be looking up stuff like that. Not at all. But you can um, make decisions like don't have a right website. Up until the the Portsmouth Concerned Citizens has a website. And um, you, you'll find all of our newsletters there and what we think. Portsmouth Concerned Citizens. Excellent. All right. Larry, thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much, Bruce. We appreciate, appreciate the, it. My uh, great, great pleasure. Not at all. Thanks for being part of our candidates chat room. Jamie, come on over. We're, uh, we're very informal here in the semi-private, semi-public room here at the uh, Blue Plate Diner. And uh, just move right in here. And uh, you were... Uh, we. we We'll take a little credit for you because you were one of the people who participated in our first chat room. Yes, I was. Back in 2016, Jamie Bova on the uh, Newport City Council, uh, running for a council at large. And it's great to great to see you again. How are Good you doing? Good to see you, too. Good. I'm doing really well. Just, uh, you know, last-minute preparations and planning. but it's Out there knocking on a lot of doors. Yes, lots of door knocking. Lots of, I've been doing that since July. So I've knocked on, I think it's probably around 2,000 by now. Wow. Wow. So what are the issues? We have uh, been focusing on a couple of, of key issues this morning. We talked to a lot of Newport councilors and council candidates and so forth. Uh, what are the key issues that are on the other side of those 2,000 doors? Yeah, so I mean, I think what I hear time and time again, uh, I hear people concerned about the high school. I hear people concerned about, I know you and Larry were talking about um Short-term rentals. The whole Airbnb thing, yes. Yeah, um, people concerned about, you know, just the the flooding and, and how we are going to deal with sea level rise and climate change. Um, those are things I hear probably the most because those are things that I think um, affect people the 
they affect the people living in their home the most. Sure. So that those are usually right in the forefront forefront of people's minds when I knock on their so door. So take those main issues. Is there is there one that's number one? One that really is on most people's minds, or it's like, hey, you know, we have to do this, but let's get this straightened away first. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are concerned about the high school, and I think that um, once you start talking to them and you tell them that we have the building subcommittee that's been working on it and we're working on the application um, to get to work with the state on funding and working on developing what the design of the school will look like, and, and the school committee's been working really hard on that, and that building subcommittee has school committee members, um, city council members, um, everyday citizens, um, people that work at Rogers in the schools. It's a really good mix of people. Um, that's something I hear again and again, and not everyone is aware that that's happening, so mm-hmm. um, it, it helps to, to let people know about that. So it sounds promising. So if you if you get back in when you're at the first city council meeting of the new year, what are you prepared to do to get things rolling on, will it be a new Rogers High School or a regional? Well, that's still in development. That's what this building subcommittee is working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we have some a school committee member here now and some other uh, city councilors that are waiting for their turns to speak. And um, I know that they all, we're all very aware of what um, needs to be done. And we're all very aware that it's just, it's, it's, we're in the sort of process part of it, which is working on the application, working with the residents of Newport to develop what we think the school should look like, figuring out what the location should be, if it should be on the same spot, if it should be somewhere else. A lot of people have a lot of opinions on that. Um, I feel that we need to go through this process of working on the application to really determine um, what the best spot should be. We haven't gone through all the wickets to determine what sure. the best spot should be yet. Sure. Uh, when uh, you and I sat here two uh, two years ago, and uh, you were uh, heading for your first uh, your first spot, ultimately you got elected, and then you had a little bit of an eye opening experience at the uh, city hall. We were reading about what do you think two years out? What uh, <laughs> I no I I mean clearly I still like it. I'm do I'm trying to do it again. Um, but yeah, I mean anytime I I look at it this way. Anytime you get a new job. It takes you a while to figure it out. And that's a new job where you're spending 40 hours a week in, in, the, in the position, working on it every single day. And this is a new job where sometimes I'm at City Hall, sometimes I'm not. I fit it in. Um, I usually fit in 10 to 20 hours a week alongside my full-time position. So the learning curve, it takes a little bit longer. Um, but I feel like I have been... Um, I know I've been really enjoying myself. I feel like I've been able to work with um, my fellow counselors and people in Newport to try and um, focus on the issues that people find to be the most important for them. And I really want to continue doing that. Um, It's something I really enjoy is being able to talk to people and try to take their issues that they come to me with and see how we can translate it to things that the council can take on. Excellent. Give us your call to action, social media, website. Where would you like people to um, so find I'm out on, more about I'm you? I'm on Facebook, Jamie Bova, Newport, uh, Newport City Council, uh, jamiebova.com. I'm on, and that if you just go to jamiebova.com, it has all my social media because I'm on 
all the platforms. Great. Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, Bova, B-O-V-A. Yes, all yes, right. definitely. J-A-M-I-E. A lot of people spell it incorrectly. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. Good to see you here you in too, our Canada's chat room. Much. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, many, many more of uh, our friends and candidates are going to talk to us in the remaining time here. We have uh, about uh, maybe 40 or 42 minutes or so, and we'll get everybody in, I promise, here in the uh, private dining room here at the Blue Plate Diner. In the candidates' chat room here at the Blue Plate Diner, well, as uh, Sandra Flowers pointed out, everybody that we have talked to today from uh, city council to uh, state senate to just everybody has talked about the schools. And uh, so when we talk about the school committee, it's kind of like, hey, you guys are the star of the show. Ray Gomes is a candidate for Newport School Committee. Nice to see you, Ray. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having us back again. Great, great pleasure. Yeah, you were with us two years ago. Can't believe that it's been two years already. It's hard to believe. It's a, uh, it goes quick. It It, does. For me, it's been a big learning curve. It's really taken me uh, the better part of two years to learn all the ins and outs and nuances of the school department and school committee and Sure. So it's been good. It's been a good learning thing, and obviously... Uh, it's been a like, rough and tumble two years over there in that school uh, committee, hasn't it? It can be. It can be rough and tumble <laughs> at times, and, uh, you know, I started out as the vice chair, and my good friend Dave uh, stepped aside a few months ago, and uh, I was happy to take over in his shoes. But it's been interesting for me, and again, uh, big learning curve, and stepping into that role was a eye-opening experience for me as well, so... Sure. Uh, it's quite a time commitment, so... Schools uh, have never been more important i guess they they've always been important uh, certainly in in a certain sector but as i say every last candidate has come in here today and has said hey i knock on doors and people are saying what about the school what about rogers what about pell what about the early education well it it is on everybody's mind and i think we're not unique in newport a lot of what i've written on my surveys uh, this go around has been the one thing that I've realized is uh, schools are expensive to run. Yes. Anybody that's got a kid in college will realize what a college tuition costs. So that trickles down to schools. Schools are expensive. And uh, one of my big things is I think that w- as communities uh, across Rhode Island, not just on the island, we're going to have to realize, I think, through consolidation, regionalization, whatever you want to call it, uh, we're going to have to pool our resources because uh, just in Newport alone, uh, we're probably going to be asking the voters, you know, not that it, the total cost would be, you know, potentially $100 million. That, you know, you, you're going to be looking for cost sharing through the state. Uh, this well, bond, a, uh, this bond. I was going to say, the state bond issue, when you, when you break the numbers down, it really is not a lot of money. When you consider the numbers that you just tossed out, I mean, to, to build a new school building, to build a new high school, let alone a couple of schools. Uh, it, that money's going to get swallowed up in no time at all. Uh, no, it will. And uh, the one thing that I think that's important about the bond issue, the state bond issue, is you have to look at it. For us, uh, one of the things that's been tough for Newport is our co-share, if you will, or, or the share that the state picks up. Uh, we've, uh, you know, Newport's got this, you know, everybody looks at Newport and thinks where they're mansions all and mansions. millionaires. And, but again, we have a, we have a very diverse uh, demographic that we serve and. Our numbers haven't been the same as some of the other areas that have that demographic. Providence, Upstate, Cranston, Warwick, their, their shares have risen up to 50 60%. You know, some of them are as high as 90%, and they're really impoverished. Right. Uh, so part of this bond, though, has uh, those those co-shares will come up with some of the legislation that's proposed through this bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the finer... finer uh, 
finer information in the details of the bond. So that's important for people to realize that uh, it'll help us get our co-share of the percentage that the state will pay up. But So what can the Newport School Committee do to make that happen? What, what, are you, what are you thinking in the early going? You get back in one of the first school committee meetings in 2019. What are you prepared to bring to the table? Well, we've started the process. Uh, we've started the process with a, uh, we have a consulting uh, engineering architectural company that's working with us to develop our, as Jamie said earlier, yes. uh, the stage one and two applications that you put into ride. So they're working with us to establish those, uh, looking at our different scenarios, four or five different scenarios that we could go through uh, to where to rebuild the high school, whether we rebuild the high school. So continue the work that's already started. Sure. Uh, we have a good good community group working on that. So, Ray Gomes, you, you and I, when you first sat down here, you were talking, and one of the first couple of things you said were regionalization. You think that's the way it's going to go, or do you think there can be a new Rogers? Uh, yeah. Uh, me, personally, I think regionalization is the only way that schools will have to go. It's I a mean, tough when sell. You, you know, the amount of money that all communities are going to be asked, I mean, we all have the same problems. We have kids... Uh, we have kids that are underachieving, kids that are overachieving, and, and both of those two categories are where your expenses are in the schools. So if you want to help the kids that are underachieving, you have to put the resources towards that. And the overachievers, we all have classes that, you know, we want to offer what kids need to, you know, AP chemistry and the high-performing high classes that we all have half to partial classes that the kids sure. are sitting in that you know, there's no reason that we couldn't fill them up by co-sharing with Portsmouth, Middletown, well, it's just even it. bigger. And, and that's not a tough sell in Newport. It's going to be a tough sell here in Middletown. I think it's a tough sell, but I think if you really put a group of people together that are dedicated to it, they they pay attention to the facts and don't listen to all the stuff that's sort of in the wind of this doesn't work and that hasn't worked. I think if you put fact-finding and you put a good committee of people together, I think the end result will be that there's millions of dollars to be saved. And one of my articles, as I pointed out, just on the island, I think that there are 11 or I think there's 13 school buildings when you add in the admin buildings. If you look at that, you've left a, a, a elementary school in all three communities, a couple of middle schools and a high school or two. You could reduce that 13 down to six or seven buildings. And just right there, there's millions of dollars there in savings in the maintenance that you're not doing and the cost to build them. So, again, I think there's a lot to look at uh, in the value of regionalization, consolidation, working together on educational issues. So. I do think that's the way we'll have to go to, uh, in order for communities to be able to afford good quality education in the years to come. Ray Gomes for school committee. Tell us where to find you. Uh, well, I'm not. Uh, do you do the social media thing? Not too big on social media. <laughs> you can get me. Uh, obviously, if you look me up on the Newport School Committee's website, uh, my email address is there. That's the best way to get me. My email address and phone number are there. So excellent. I'm uh, readily available. So give me a call or. Send me an email. All right, sir. Thank you very, very much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so very, very much. All right. When you think about the whole social media thing, this is the original social media, the diner, right? This is it. They know how you take your coffee, and they know everything about you. So uh, I'm I'm with you. Marco Camacho, City Council at Large. Good to see you. How are you? Good to see you, too. Good, good, good. Uh, thanks for being part of our Canada's chat room. Welcome to the Blue Plate Diner. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you. Uh, we have talked to council people. We have talked to uh, 
state senate people and everybody wants to talk about the schools tell us what the critical issue is that uh, you're finding out as you knock on the doors oh wow you know the biggest critical issue in newport is overall managing growth where other communities are managing decline that's Mm -hmm. the big challenge that we have in the city of newport you know ray was just up here you know we built a new pell school we built a new thompson school i was rogers class in 95 when the first retrofit happened and you've seen, you saw a decline for many years, but once you started building new, newer and better and started attracting people and giving the economic incentives to do so here in the city of Newport, you've seen an expansion, uh, uh, particularly in Pell. So that's, that's an indicator of what we're going an to do. An overexpansion. Right, exactly. We did not build big enough. We told Ride, once we build it, they will come. They didn't believe us. We're proving them all wrong. Yeah. Well, well, as I as I said a little bit earlier, uh, this does not bode well for things like transportation issue because apparently we build the schools the same way we build the roads. We mm-hmm. build them for not enough cars, uh, and they get overcrowded, and then we have to rebuild them. We've done the same thing with the schools. Right. So what do we do? Well, we have to follow a 21st century model, not only in education but also in uh, transportation infrastructure. I was I was is the model the problem, Marco? Because we you know we had uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about a, a study that came out that showed that, well, Newport's getting old and the enrollment's going to drop and this mm-hmm. and that, and then it's proven not to be so. Mm-hmm. Right. So is the modeling wrong? Well, the modeling wrong at the state level, uh, certainly. Okay. It, it certainly is. You know, we're, we're the people with the boots on the ground. We're telling them what we're seeing, you know, what's happening in our families, the desire for younger people to move back, a generational transition away from cars, use of more public transportation, and technology that's driving that. Autonomous vehicles are right around the corner. Uh, a clean, green energy infrastructure is right around the corner. So you're talking about in the next 20 years, you're going to see a real fundamental transformation in the city of Newport, not Island-wide. It's not going to look different. It's still going to be historic, but there's going to be a modern 21st clean green infrastructure in place. And so in terms of the city council, mm-hmm. where does the city council fit in on this? Where does the, because the, as much as we may want to make it a clean green Newport and all of that, uh, people are coming from away. People, uh, we, we do have the tourism part of the economy and the hospitality part of the economy, as well as the people that want to live here. How do you fit the two together? It all comes down to strategic planning, uh, our comprehensive land use plan, which sets the conditions for the next two decades. I was happy to be on that subcommittee that co-wrote that. I heard Wick on earlier. He was uh, one of the co-authors as well. Yes. It's a great job. That sets the conditions for us to follow. Next year, we're looking forward to actually doing a rewrite of the strategic plan that blends in all of our efforts in the north end and all the efforts that we have with innovation, including the bridge realignment, you know, for the livability, sustainability, and the future of the city. That's what we're here for. We're here for the next generation. What we do now sets those conditions. So this is what what you're all about is this strategic plan and, and getting that vision right. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I was always a big fan of planning. When I, Even when I was in the military, I was an infantry officer. I think I spent more uh, time behind a laptop than I did on a range. So this... <laughs> This wonky kind of policy stuff, this is right up my alley. I love it. Uh, you know, re-elect Camacho for, you know, to be your nerd on the council. I love it. <laughs> Where can we find the nerd on the council? Give us your, your Easy. particulars here. MarcoTCamacho.com. That'll give you access to my Facebook page, my Twitter account, uh, and more importantly, my email and my phone number. I'm old-fashioned like that. You know, I'm, I'm actually a Gen Xer. I'm not a millennial. I'm 41 years old, so I like the phone call. I like the email. I like to be able to sit down and chat and have these conversations 
here over a cup of coffee. Right. I think it's the best way to do it. You know, I was doing the numbers before I came in here, and there are approximately 14,000 registered voters. I've been doing this for six years. Mm -hmm. If I was able to give everyone six minutes with a two-minute break in between, it would take me over a year to actually shake hands with everyone if I was doing that as a full-time job <laughs> and actually have a conversation. So it's a challenge. So I really appreciate what you're doing here, Bruce, and being able to reach out to everyone. Hopefully, uh, we have everyone in the city of Newport listening, even if they're at work. So uh, look forward to that. And they can play the podcast as well. So Yes, absolutely. This will be on WADK.com on our podcast channel, so uh, no question. Thanks very, very much for coming well, out you, to Bruce. see us today. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Marco, thank you to the citizens of Newport for another opportunity. You bet. Marco Camacho for City Council. In our candidates chat room, we're here in the Blue Plate Diner in Middletown, and we're live here on 1540 WADK and WADK.com. A little better insight as to what your candidate is uh, all about. Let us continue. Back on the city council, Susan Taylor is a candidate for city councilor at large. Susan, nice to see you. Welcome to the Blue Plate Diner. Thank you, Bruce, and thank you for doing this. Thank I really all. appreciate the diner setting, and I appreciate radio as a, a baby boomer child of the 60s. This That's is it. my media. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's what we're here for, and it still works. Uh, it, uh, nothing that really has improved upon it. So as you've been around knocking on the doors and talking to people, uh, the key issues that are uh, up and coming for Newport, uh, you're at large, but uh, you've got a, a lot of affinity to Ward 1. I, I'm running at large. I am currently the first ward representative. And to repeat the theme of this morning, yes, schools are on people's minds. We also, however, in the first ward, we've been very concerned about the Pell Bridge ramp redesign that's landing smack in the middle of the first ward, and I've been drilling down into that issue and discover that if we, it, it gives us a chance to formulate the city's goals when we look at a major redesign project like this, and I see that those goals can apply citywide. I've been urged to run at large and I'm trying to get myself known in the city. So to your listeners whom I haven't been able to meet and speak with yet, hello. And I'll give you my phone number at the end of this session. I'd love to hear from you. Good. Um, well, let's talk about that bridge realignment because uh, there's a lot of talk about it, but not a, not a lot, not enough concrete information about it. I've been trying to hold community meetings in the North End with, uh, in the point in the uh, north end, uh, north of Admiral Calvus at the Florence Gray Center. We've had RIDOT come down, the project manager and many of their engineers have met with us multiple times and they have been really listening to the community input. It's been an ongoing process um, augmenting the presentations that they've made at City Hall and I have found RIDOT very willing to engage. We're looking forward to this next round to see what they come up with, but we've been talking about a lot of ideas that would allow for a vibrant innovation district, but more important, that would route the commercial traffic and the through traffic onto those commercial and through streets and keep them out of the neighborhoods. Because okay. So in other words, Coddington and, and that area? Coddington, exactly. Okay. And I want to see Admiral Kalpfus, where we have that stretch of houses between Hillside and uh, Broadway, yeah. I would like to see that traffic slowed down. And so those, those cars that are trying to get to Middletown and Portsmouth, they could take the Coddington Highway once it's new and improved after this project. Um, 
So what do you do? Do you make it into do you make it into a parkway kind of a thing as they do in in other uh, other states and cities and things? We're well prohibit the trucks. What do you do? Oh, on Admiral Calpas, you you Mm. use all manner of methods to slow the traffic down. There's a variety of tools at the traffic engineer's disposal that may be a bit too detailed for the time that I have now. What I want to stress is the neighborhoods deserve to feel like neighborhoods and. Uh, the let me talk about short-term rentals and hotels. We're looking at a lot of development in Newport at the same time that we risk losing our year-round population. We need to focus on uh, maintaining our housing stock so that it's affordable for the young professionals who are graduating with student loans and can't spend a ton of money on housing. So we need to address the short-term rental um, boom Mm. with managing that situation, controlling it, charging fees so that we might have a full-time city officer who can take care of enforcement for short-term rentals. We need to manage our hotel growth. All of these go back to an overall urban design approach to things. So the comprehensive land use plan, the Newport Tree and Open, uh, the Newport Open Space Plan, Mm -hmm. those are my Bibles, and the strategic plan as well. My, my, the, the constitution of the city, if you will. And I think that we want to try to get the tourist traffic out of downtown. I know this is a lot of detail, but it's I have okay. been thinking about this a lot. We want to get the tourist traffic and parking out of downtown. We want to have convenient public transportation that could be shuttling around the downtown area so that it's that type of a shuttle should be attractive very affordable, frequent, and convenient. Shuttle from where? Well, from a parking facility that could be constructed in this whole area where the bridge ramp redesign is occurring. So uh, in, that would be the north end, would it not? Yes. Uh, So how uh, how would you do that? Would that be on the Navy land? No, I don't think the Navy's ready for that, um, and and I don't think that's appropriate. But there, there will be because um, you've got because you've got the Carpionados that might have a thought or two about the the property where Highly is or and was and the Daily News property. That's right, exactly. But I don't I don't but, think they're anxious to turn those into parking lots, are no, they? No, no, no. But the 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 taking up of the current bridge ramps is going to be freeing up in the vicinity of 40 acres mm-hmm. for developable land and out of that area it, de- it depends on what the final design is going to be but that's in the ballpark of what's sure. being discussed so interesting. and there's r- the RIDOT plans currently contemplate a footprint for a parking facility gotcha okay you mentioned the RIDOT uh, people have been very forthcoming we're trying to, we've been trying to get a handle this morning and we've been talking to a couple of the uh, other candidates about uh, what the nature of the feedback has been to RIDOT. Do you have a sense of, of what they are hearing from the constituents about which way which way the folks who are most affected by the bridge realignment would like things to go? It's uniform in that the people who are on these residential streets want their neighborhoods respected and protected. Gotcha. And that's where I think that the city council should be providing real leadership. Yeah. 
And I, I haven't yet mentioned schools again, so please Do don't that. let me be the one candidate that doesn't. <laughs> we need we, we've been talking about nothing else, so go ahead. We've got about I, another minute here, Susan Taylor, so go ahead. I just want to say that we are hoping to, be, to, to attract employers to Newport, and we're, ha we're showing some success with that. Look at the Sheffield School development in the past couple of weeks. But... It, the kinds of employers that we want to see are the ones who really care about their workforce and that workforce is going to be looking when they're contemplating a relocation they're looking at schools we need to show a commitment to our schools they're looking for housing that they can manage the cost and they are looking for commitment to infrastructure and so I am hoping to shift this, the, the city's approach in all of these areas. I want to see strong schools. I want to see a solid uh, commitment to our infrastructure. All right. Give us your Give us your call to action, uh, contact points. Okay. Um, I have a website, susandtaylor.com, and I also very much, uh, being uh, very old-fashioned, I appreciate a phone call, and that's 401 207 Excellent. Susan Taylor, City Council at Large. Thank Thanks you, very, very much for being part of our candidates' chat room. We will continue here in just a minute or two. We're in the candidates' chat room here at the Blue Plate Diner. What a morning it has been. And we continue here with uh, Ken Mendonca, who is a candidate for House District 72, uh, Portsmouth and Middletown. Yes? That's correct. All right. I got it right. Ken, nice to see you and uh, nice to have you wrap things up here today. Well, th thank you very much for having me. Thank you to WADK for, for providing this vital service. Not at all. So uh, you've been out there knocking on the doors. And uh, what uh, the issues I get the sense on a state level, uh, what they're prioritizing up there in Providence are not the same thing that are, we're prioritizing in Middletown and Portsmouth. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment, Bruce. There, there is a, there is a there is a big difference. What's going? What's important to I'll use Providence as a, as an example as to what's important for Portsmouth and Middletown. Yeah. Um, certainly, one of the big issues is just the high cost of living. I mean, it's very. We live in a we live in a wonderful community. I have a great district that I represent. Um, but it is very expensive to live. It's in housing, and then you look at the cost of just to, to live, food, the electric prices. Uh, and we have our, our fair share of, of elderly population here as well living on a fixed income, so it makes it very difficult. So we have to be very cautious and judicious as to what kind of legislation we're going to impose and really think it all the way out so that we understand what's the end game how is that going to impact our 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 people here in the in the district and statewide sure we need a voice though can you can you be heard well, in that general assembly with well, all of that noise well well bruce i'm very fortunate i'm a member of the house finance committee and you know we have hearings tuesday through thursday they're all televised uh and trying you, you, if you want to see me in action you can watch that and you can see uh that that asking the probing questions the important questions to try to flush that out and at least make awareness and and that's one thing about being a member of the of the House of Representatives, that, that most of our hearings are all recorded. Anything on the House floor is recorded. Yes. Anything in House Finance is also recording recorded. So if people want to be informed and find out what's going on, that's one avenue for it and who's really working for them. Sure. So as you're listening to your constituents, Portsmouth, Middletown, what are they telling you? What are you going to bring back, hopefully, to Smith Hill in January. Well, it's interesting. There's two parts here. If I, if I look at from from the councils, town, Middletown, and, and Portsmouth Town councils, 
you know, big impact has been the education formula, and both communities combined have, have been impacted adversely and yes. have lost about over $6 million, and it'll be a bit more when it's done. And I think it's very important. Now we're two years out from it expiring, and there's a Senate committee that's now looking into this, that it's very important that, that, that they factor in some components so that highly performing districts get some additional reimbursement. Because... You know, the money is just being taken out of the residents of and the taxpayers of Portsmouth and Middletown and being funneled upstate to other areas and other cities and towns that are not performing as well. And that is uh, that's something that really has to be addressed. Remember, the difference that's made up and is made up in property taxes, so the property taxpayers have to pay more to make up that difference that's cut in the state aid. Well, that's uh, that's what it comes down to, and that's one uh, interesting aspect that's come out of our discussions this morning, the fact that, uh, quite frankly, these forecasts and, and allocations and things from the state got it wrong in this area and on this island. Uh, and so it, it really becomes imperative that you be heard. And that's uh, that's what people are telling you, yes? Bruce, I had attended one of the, the very first forum that they had at Rogers High regarding the, 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 the school bond. And listening to the people who were there who knew and said, no, we wanted this size, and the state came back and said, cut it back by 20%. And, and that's that's sometimes when you don't want the state to be involved. Yes, uh, definitely, definitely. Give us your uh, contact information, Ken Mendonca. It's uh, electkenri.com. I'm also on Facebook under Kenneth Mendonca. But uh, thank you again for having me. I really appreciate it. F- excellent. Thank you so very, very much. Thanks to all of the candidates who came out and uh, talked to us and you in our candidate chat room. And thanks to Ted Caruso here at the Blue Plate Diner. See you tomorrow for our 70th anniversary. Oh, yes, and vote.